Hello, welcome to episode number 251 of the Apple Log Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Head. Hey, Amazon shoppers, Christmas time, Christmas time. The holidays are coming up and are upon us all, and uh, people are shopping on Amazon. And you too can support the show by going to applelog.ca slash Amazon or applelog.ca slash US Amazon. You can do the old fashioned way by going to the website. Uh, applelog.ca click on those banners located on the right side uh, locate your country and every time you shop use those bookmarks to shop and support this show cost you no extra money and it's um it's a good thing to do good karma dude thanks everybody for supporting me on patreon you can go to patreon.com slash applelog pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees and you can cancel any time Go buy a t-shirt from applelog.ca slash shop. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and view the show on iTunes. Give it five stars, please. Like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash Pod. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Today I have Hunter and Tristan from the band Decent Criminal. It started off a little, like it was kind of noisy, like they were in the middle of a house party. But then uh, they moved into a different room and, and we got down to the nitty gritty. It was nice, nice to meet new people who play in bands and, and like to do, you know, band stuff. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, one of the perks of doing this show. Good dudes from Northern California, Hunter and Tristan. The, their band, the Decent Criminal, has a new album called Bliss, and they're touring it right now. And uh, I'll put all their information in the description of this podcast. So everybody, here they are, Hunter and Tristan, brothers, punk rock brothers, on the Apple Podcast. So Decent Criminal, how long have you guys been a band for? Um, I think it's coming up on five years now. Yeah. So what area, like what area of California are you guys from? Um, we're from uh, Santa Rosa, California, which is like about an hour or so north of Oakland, San Francisco. Yeah, okay. I know that is kind of. So, so you guys... um. You've put out a record. It's called Bliss, right? Is it, I'm, I'm just right, trying yeah, to get right. myself up to speed here. Um, so you guys, being a band and touring around now, how is it, uh, how is it, you know, you've been around long enough. Do you, is there a noticeable change about how, um, how touring is happening or, or how, how you promote your band? Like, is, is there much change? Um, I think in a general way, it feels like bands are less inclined to go on like longer tours these days. And people are kind of like, doing little short stints, but I think we've always approached like do as much as possible all the time. So it's kind of a yeah. party up. Yeah. It sounds like there's some, are you having a party back there? What's going on back there? Yeah. It's, well, it's Thanksgiving. It's so we're having at our place and playing games. Oh, okay, cool. I can, yeah, I hear it well. Um, so, uh, you guys, you put out how many records now? This is our third record. Third record, and, and um, so when did you when did you guys start playing music? Like, what, what was the what was the early beginnings? 
So we're three years apart. Um, I'm, I'm the older brother. Hunter's younger brother. Um, so I got a guitar when I was 11. Yeah. And uh, I believe Hunter got a drum set when he was like, what? Um, it, was, it was a little bit after, for sure. Yeah, then, uh, yeah. We just we just played together growing up all the time, different bands as teenagers and stuff. And um, we usually we were, and all of us in the band too. We all played in like hardcore punk bands. We were all really heavily influenced by eighties hardcore. Mm-hmm. So we were really doing that, and uh, I actually played guitar in a band before this. So when we started this whole thing, we had a drummer lined up. Sorry. And he uh, couldn't, didn't want to do it, so I just kind of stepped in and started playing drums. That's kind of when this whole thing started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the sound is, is it's um it's much different than hardcore, but the punk yeah. ethic, I bet, touring and things, like, it's still punk rock, you know what I mean? Like, there's never really right. difference between, um, I don't really see a difference between music genres, because... If you're out in a van, you're touring, and you're you're putting in the hours to to be in a band, that's punk enough for me. You know what I mean? For sure. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, I think I think we always bring that energy, regardless of like what we're playing now. You know what I mean? I just uh, it was a nice departure from playing like hardcore songs when I was younger. Now a lot more melodic, a lot more things going on. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a distracting. I can I can hear all this background chatter. Sorry. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. Sounds like you're at a restaurant. Ah, <laughs> oh, much better. Okay. That is much better. <laughs> I feel like I was uh, sharing the uh, sharing the floor with uh, uh, your party. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you in? Uh, you're in Montreal? It's no, Toronto, no, or? just north of Toronto. I'm about an hour and a half outside of Toronto. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, but I, I grew up. I grew up in the '90s, playing in bands and touring all over North America, and I did sound for bands. And uh, I used to work for a band called SNFU. Uh, Canadian punk rock band. Um, I lived in Winnipeg for a while and played in a band called Red Fisher, which was sort of like that era of early propaganda and that sort of uh, that scene. Um, yeah, and then uh, I played in a band called Trigger Happy, based out of Toronto, which is uh, kind of a infamous band in Toronto for the amount of people they go through, but as well as the music and um, yeah. So I've kind of been in punk rock my whole life, and uh, but I have a mortgage and a family, so things are like. Life changes. How old are you guys? Uh, I'm 30. Yeah. I'm 27. Yeah. So that's the time, man. Like, that's the time when people start getting serious about music. Or... Right. When you start watching people fall off, or, you know, it's kind of the time you either, you know, you either really going to do this or you're going to, you know, do something else, you know? That's exactly what I was going to say. It's, e- it's either you're going to get into music or you're just going to sort of get into a career of sorts of normal, normal job. And... Right. And there's no, there's no shame in that. You know what I mean? There's no, I don't have a problem. Maybe my 27 year old would like, yeah, you're giving up. Right. Well, I think it's, you know, it's important not to compare yourself to other people and it's, uh, you know, we're all different paths and yeah, but this is, uh, it's what we're doing. So we're, we're all right now. Yeah. 
That's important because you've made a decision. It's, it's funny. I talk a lot of people about uh, on the show and they talk about when I was in my early 20s, I was this and now I'm not and I'm that. And, and there is a noticeable change between who you are as a person between the age of 20 and 30. You know, oh, for sure. yeah. you become a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, responsible and start giving into society rather than taking from it. <laughs> sure. I mean, I don't know. It's a it's a unique way to live, and you know that that other the flip side of that is always there, you yeah. know. And so we might as well do it while you know while we're willing and while you know we don't have kids or anything. Or yeah. it's like you know, yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of people I also talk to who um who still have like the ethics and the the beginnings of being in a band and that sort of like the punk rock ethic, and now now we're all like like people who in the nineties who are now like we're punkers are kind of like putting into society differently, but they're still have like that little hint of punk rock, you know? And, you know, I, I work at a theater where we do lots of crazy shows, like just artistic shows and stuff. And I'll bump into somebody and I, it's almost like two dogs, you know, like I know you're a type of person who used to be in a punk rock band. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that works. There is like a certain uh, vibe. You just kind of like understand somebody because you kind of know where they're from, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, usually it's the first sign of like, "Hey, how you doing?" And they go, "Oh, pretty good." And that's you. Go, oh, okay, you're good enough, you know, because <laughs> you know, sure. you know, rock and roll. I mean, you guys, you guys miss that whole like late '80s, early '90s like bullshit where people were like, it was rock and roll. You know what I mean? It's still rock and roll. And well, I think it's all to call it rock and roll now. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's four guys, two guitars, bass, and drums. You know. Like, yeah, yeah, but it was the rock and roll like hair and oh, yeah. hairspray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. It was, seemed ironic where somebody with more lipstick than a girl would call you a fag, you know? <laughs> like those times, yeah. dark times. I don't, I don't know. I think nowadays there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of cool guy stuff, a lot of pretentious crap. The community, like, some a lot of people like aren't inviting to like talk or like you kind of have to like get past a certain layer of like maybe your ego and then you get to realize oh we're we have a lot in common you know but it's like you experience that a lot where it's like oh we have to like you know i don't know you yeah know what I'm yeah i do you know the people putting up a front for uh i you know what there's still posers out there i guess too right there's still people that are kind of like you know that uh, that shirt with the skull on it? Yeah, the Misfit shirt. Yeah, I love that shirt. You know, like, but they've never heard a Misfit song in their life. You know, and that's that's sort of the style. We got to kind of, eh, you know, don't pretend to be something you're not. And I guess that exists. I mean, it existed in you know in the Warp tour, like in the early two thousands. It, it was still prevalent, I guess. But well, I think like it's it just sucks to feel like you're not being genuine to yourself. Like I like to joke around. I like to, you know. Yeah, I'm fucking goofy sometimes, and I don't mind showing that to people, like regardless of how long I've like known you, and why should I like hide who I am if I'm in a certain, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because, oh, you're in, like, well, I don't really give a shit. Like, yeah. You know, you're not being like, like a nice person, or you know, like, like that's what that's what really matters more than anything. Yeah. You know? I agree. It gets you gets you further in life, you know. Even even if it's music or business or anything, like you still run into people. I mean, Canada's way smaller with the music business than it is in America, but you still run into people in America who you're like, ah, yeah, I know you. You're that dickhead from that show that I met a long time ago. And <laughs> still there. 
you know, yes. yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, that's community, though. I mean, I love, I love the fact that community still kind of thrives, and and uh, you can go into a town and sort of. <laughs> Thank you. What's happening? Uh, What's happening back there? Some. You guys get robbed? Oh, you get wine. Oh, that, what's that? Coffee or wine? That must be coffee. Uh, <laughs> but you can still roll into a town and and sort of call people that you know and go, "Hey, I'm in town," and 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 it didn't have to like. It's all sporadic. It's not like, okay, now we have to make an itinerary where we hang out with these people. Like, it's still probably pretty loose for you guys when you tour and stuff, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's odd how much, like, being social and, like, making friends with, like, low right people is, like, a part of things. But it's like, you do have to put yourself out there and you're going to, you know, you're going to get along with people however you do. And you put this, like, you might click well with this person, not that person. But, it's really weird to like the business aspect of like this aspect of like being in a band. It's, it, it's very real, and a lot of people like make their careers because oh, they became friends with this person, and this person hooked up with that person. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, and that's I mean, when you're. Think, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just saying. Like it. It's funny that there's like obviously the music is important. Like. You know, good songs stand out above everything. You know what I mean? Like if you if you just have good music, it's that's what really matters. Well, yeah. If you you can be the coolest fucking dude that you ever met, and like your band sucks, and <laughs> yeah, you know, but that might that might get you pretty far because you're cool. But like, if your music isn't good, like I feel like I feel like good music always rises up. I, I believe in that. Yeah, I agree. There's there's a gentle there's there is a ratio from dick to talent. And if you're a super, if you're super dicky but super talented, I don't find that being like a good ratio. Um, being a really cool guy and being not such a good musician, I kind of like that person more because I can appreciate them as people. But, but that gentle blend of somebody who's like an amazing guitar player, like a super awesome, and then like just an honest good dude, that uh, seems rarer to me. But everybody's yeah. out. There's always people out there, you know. And it's an right. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, but yeah, there are good people out there. There's great people out there. And, yeah. yeah. We've been some of our best friends playing shows with them in random cities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes it's like you watch, sometimes it kind of like takes you a minute to get into like a band too. It's like, oh, I like heard them, and then you meet them. And if, you know, if you get along and they're nice people, you're like, oh, you're more inclined to like actually listen to their music more. Maybe you watch them live and you're like, oh, then it all clicks. They're like, oh, no. Because of all these like rad things about this band. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I, I've worked for bands, a lot of bands over the years, and I find myself, if I like them as a band, I, I like, I, as people, I like their band more. And uh, right. there's yeah. a lot, not a lot of people out there who are like, I love your band, but you're a complete and utter douchebag. Like, that never yeah. exists in, in, the, in the tech side of it. Because sure. you know, good people gravitate to each other, and that's that's important. Somebody told me yeah. that it's like it's like a it's like a love affair, like a, a technician to a, to a band. It's like it's like a a very you know discreet sort of love affair, like where we fall in love and then we tour and we have so much fun and then we don't see each other and then you fall out of love and then the guy either gets fired or you quit. You know, that's that's right. That. <laughs> do you guys have texts with you? Like, do you do you travel solo? Um, what do you mean? What's do, up? do you have tech? Do you travel with like sound guys and guitar techs? And oh, we don't have no, I, we we've traveled with um, 
a couple of friends of ours who are who played in bands and they kind of know how it goes and they've been like helpful with merch or helping us set up kind of thing. It's it's really rare to have like the same people going on the same on, on all the different tours with us. It's mainly just four of us, you know. Right. Well, it becomes harder too to um, you know to even even for us it can become difficult. You know, our oldest member is thirty four. Hunter's the youngest, 27, and, like, you know, it's kind of a time of life where you really want to do this, you got to, like, make time for it, and it's, you know, so bringing people with us, and it's like, oh, it's someone else has to take, like, what, 20 days out of their life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're not, you know, we don't make enough to be, like, I'm going to afford to pay everyone, or to pay someone to help me set up our drums or help with merch kind of thing yet, you know? Like, we do it. And I think it's also good for us just to do it on our own anyway, you know? Yeah. It's and in a lot of ways, the money stuff kind of gets in the way. I feel like it's like, let's just pay our tour and keep it going. Yeah. yeah. Like, so everybody in the band must have like a job. Like, cause you just, right. you know, either oh, that, there's sure. one guy does all the work and gets mad at everybody. That's, that's usually the other way around. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we, we depend on, uh, from teamwork in our band for sure yeah yeah it isn't like one person does everything in the band yeah yeah i played well, i played in that band that sucked <laughs> yeah yeah i mean everyone i think everyone has their specific roles or stuff that they want to take care of and that's great but i mean really it's like if i were to complain about whatever like because i'm booking this and that it's like you know there's three other people in the band and I wouldn't be anything without So it's like, always happy to just do it for the four of us. Or, and with anyone else, would do the same. You know, it's like, we have that. that. Yeah, it's good. It's good to know, especially if you do tour and leave your house and, and have to like take care of business because <clears throat> you, one person just can't do it on their own. And that's usually why the first person to go out is like the tour manager doesn't even have to do sound, but there's somebody out there just to take care of business, especially with, right. you know, all the pre preliminary stuff. Like I tour manage bands and I start tour, like setting up shows like months in advance just to talk to the promoters and do all that work. And that's, that's a lot of work, man. Like, so like, so you guys, <laughs> you do it all on your own and that's, that's pretty commendable because that's the first thing that someone gets is like, we need somebody to take care of this because then you can concentrate on playing music or, or writing music and, and being in a band, which is sure. a rarity. We, we had, um, like we had uh, a friend of ours make a promo flyer for the tour. And instead of just being like, oh, online thing, I thought it was like, well, I remember growing up and seeing these promo posters in, in record stores and stuff like that, you know? So it's like, I'll do the same thing and just made a shitload of those posters and sent them out to all the promoters and they were like so surprised like mm -hmm. oh wow You're putting in work yeah because not because i think it's a good idea but it's like i feel like that's what should be happening right you know like promotion on both ends and it should be like a deal because it's a big deal it's part of our lives yeah no if you take it seriously too people will take note of that and uh, yeah. i don't know what touring like in clubs are anymore but i do remember it being really lackadaisical like you know like i, I worked for i worked for some 41 for like two years i was their tour manager and when we'd show up and they're on island records and we'd show up to a venue and there'd be no nothing like nothing there and like it's so like really 
you know, you're a major conglomeration. Why can't you just send posters to the venue? It mm-hmm. really works, you know, and that, that is, it's important that you guys, you, you take ownership of it. So that's, it gets done because when you're like, you know, when you start relying on people, even though they're working in an office in Manhattan somewhere, they're not going to do the work unless, you know, unless it's stressed upon. And, um, that, that's always a tricky thing to being self-managed is that it's tough to be a, a business person and an artist at the same time. Because if, if you become difficult to work with or as a, you, you get what's duly yours, people are going to, oh, they're, they're, you know, they're being assholes. It's like, well, no, that's what any manager would do. It's a tricky, right. it's a tricky blend. And I don't know, do, yeah. you, do you guys manage that or do you find yourself sometimes having like, oh, it's cool. You're we're just there like letting things pass. No, I, I feel like I, I always have to, um, I mean, I make it a point to, to try and stay in touch with her or any kind of thing and, and kind of have like a good relationship. Um, and it's also good to be in the band too, to be like, Oh, you know, this is my band. I'm representing it. And you're going to be talking to me kind of thing. And, you know, if you like the band then great, like we'll come back to the club and, or, you know, like it, it's good to have to build a relationship, yeah. you know, and not just have like say a manager or, or friend do it for us and, and say like, they didn't get along. And that kind of makes it makes the whole band like that, even if we killed it or sold out the, the venue or anything like that. So I, I kind of like taking care of that, you know? Yeah. yeah. It definitely it makes things a little, um, it makes things sensitive though, for sure. Like, like if care of something, but he was also being an asshole to that person. Then it's like, oh, like not just your management, but like fuck your band too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's easier to fire your manager than it is to uh, fire a guitar player because they're getting what's duly yours. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. Like I, I had a similar, I had a problem with that because I was the manager of our band that I played in. And when I started mm-hmm. saying, uh, when they started like, you know, shorting us on money based on our advances we're supposed to be getting, I had to put the manager hat and say, no, no, this is, this is money that's duly ours. And they were like, no, right. it isn't. No, it isn't. What are you going to do? I'm like, uh, I guess nothing, you know? And then. So that I become the I become the one that's hard to work with. But if it were a manager, they'd be like, they could say, "What's wrong with your manager?" I'm like, "Oh, he's just being a he's being an asshole." Like part of me thought, "I'll put it." You know, I, I definitely I definitely see that. Yeah, <laughs> I see how that works. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, it all becomes more. The further you make it a part of your life, it's like like we do need to get paid for this. We do need to, you know, come home with some money. We need money to cover our merch. We need money to. Like, to do this all together and you know obviously if we can ever live off our music that's like the dream yeah you know but yeah i mean the financial aspect of it is important for sure. yeah, yeah. breaking even is the most important thing for any band because yeah. that you know it's amazing how when business people go like what breaking even you're like no no that's that's a victory <laughs> right yeah we just did our first uh, european tour in june and may may june uh and yeah, I think we owed like four, five hundred bucks when we got back, and it was like that's pretty solid. We toured for a month for our first time in Europe. And and like, we that played, was pretty good. We played surprisingly great shows. Yeah, and like that was just a feeling. Just like, hey, we did this all, and we're we're like we're almost there, just breaking even. And that's incredible. Yeah, and Europe is the place, man. Like, I mean, I. I didn't start touring in a band until I was like in my early thirties. And when Canada, I couldn't get arrested. People were like, no, you're too old. You know what I mean? Like 
being an image-based uh, music industry, you're too old and you need to lose 30 pounds kind of thing. It was like, well, okay. And then so I went to Europe and they're like, they don't care. It's like, I mean, the scorpions are from there. Nobody gives a fuck what they look like. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they're the scorpions, you know, or the yeah, scorps yeah. or whatever, however you want to call them. But they, I mean, they, they don't, I mean, I've, I've said, I think I've said this a bunch of times, but I think Europe has just an extra five or 600 years of culture behind them where yeah. they've had museums longer than us and they've had like culture longer, just more substance, you know, and, mm. and, and music TV never took off in Europe. Nobody cared about it, you know? And, right. and I don't know what it's like now, but I, th I remember that someone told me the heyday and it was usually like the mid nineties or late nineties where like, man, I would go buy everything on the merch table. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, right. what, really? That's amazing. People would save yeah. up all their money and go to no effects and just buy everything, you know? Right. But I mean, it's a, it's such a great place to go because it feels like people appreciate you more. Do you, do you notice that? Like people just go, oh my God, thanks for coming here. We've met so many great friends, and I talk to you on a weekly basis now. <laughs> Seriously, just that first time going over there, and I you know, made some great contacts with some amazing people. And you know, we're gonna shoot to go over there twice next year, yeah. so it's it's um it's good. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I think people that. put time into that they like. I mean, that's how I am. I'm you know a nerd for the bands that I like. And, yeah, but I over there, you know, people like commenting and like to me about like my lyrics or something and you're just like whoa what the fuck like you give a shit that's red <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, especially, and the other thing I've always said, like, the, the German people, they don't really, um, they don't have a, like a social filter. They'll go like, hey, uh, that first song was a piece of shit, you know, like, you know, like, well, okay. But that second song was really good. I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks, I think, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, backhanded, weird compliments, you know. I got, I got an interview. I got interviewed in Germany um, with the band I played in, and we were opening for Sum 41. And the guy said, so do you think opening for Sum 41 is going to make you famous? I'm like, uh, uh, no, I don't think so. It was horrible. It was such frustrating. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's cool, though. I mean, say how you feel. I bought it. It's also hilarious. <laughs> it's true. That's that's true. I mean, sarcasm is kind of dead in the dark country. I think it's a. Yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a it's a but it's still you gotta love them man like it's like they people they really appreciate music and italy too people are super passionate about about yeah. the music that you play and it's like it's like their life you know and it's it's crazy you know and it's it's i don't know why north america doesn't have that type of you know just extra like just a little bit extra of something like why sure. don't we have that yeah, there's also like, an appreciation for like guitar music. I feel like more over there. It's like uh, seems more common. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a broad statement to make, but. Yeah, no, no, it's not. It's it's just something. Maybe it's the genres still still stick. I, I I don't know. It seems like Europe's either ten years ahead or ten years behind when it comes to like music. You know, like they're still listening. They were still listening to like crazy house music, like you know, 8-bit weird sort of dance music when we were there. And it's like, what? This stuff died in North America, like, years ago, you know? And right, then they're right, listening right. to, like, the weirdest other stuff. You're like, wow, it's just completely new and stuff I've never heard before. And uh, right. I don't know. It's a, it's cool. I mean, I'm, I love Europe. And I think, you know, like, I think bands sort of get a little extra treated a little bit better going to Europe. Yeah. yeah it's always, it's always that really exciting thing to show up to a venue and 
you know, our whole rider is there. Like, mainly stuff that we threw on just as a joke, and we're like, holy shit, they really did get us all of this food and drink. Yeah. <laughs> or like, if the venue that someone's like, hey, you guys are staying with me tonight, and I have like five beds, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Five beds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had a lot yeah. of German house uh, kitchen parties. That's definitely when we when we tour over there. Like, and they would like usually the promoters. Yeah, the promoters would have somewhere to stay, like a band house or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys make it to the UK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just announced two days ago um, we're going to be at the Manchester Punk Festival. Oh wow! Yeah. It's in April. April. So we're going to do another tour out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you when you tour over there? Do you do like the sprinter sprinter van, or do you do uh, some smaller? What what's your tour and vessel over there? It was funny. We had the first couple weeks, we had like a smaller type van, and then the last two weeks, we switched over to a sprinter van, and uh, yeah. that was great. Sprinter, sprinter was nice. <laughs> it was worth it. Was worth the extra few bucks? You know, you've arrived when you tour in a sprinter. That's absolutely true. <laughs> let me uh, i got i got a, i got a song queued up here let me play let me play nowhere you guys cool sure. okay here it goes
Yeah, well, we were talking about where you record it. So, uh, did you record it locally or did you go somewhere? Uh, yeah, I recorded um, in a town called Pittsburgh. It's just outside Oakland. Uh-huh. Um, with our friend Scott Goodrich at New Jones Studios. Mm-hmm. Is it a, is it a, is it, it's a big studio? Is it just, is it project uh, studio? Like, what's the, what's the... It's converted into a studio, and it's like, has like, it's, it's like sectioned off for like different, you know, booths and whatever. Yeah. Sorry. Right. It's got a nice big drum room. <laughs> uh, Scott's just a really, really professional and passionate guy. Yeah. Great. You know, for he, even a little producing on it, you know, he came up with some cool ideas in this, in this record and uh, right. uh, was very helpful with uh, different kind of like, we, we were very nitpicky trying to figure out different harmony stuff. And mm-hmm. I think he, he was kind of like the fifth guy to be like, okay, maybe I'll just decide don't do that one or something, you know? Right. And uh, the first time we really had someone do that. <laughs> yeah, that's a fresh years, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's, and it's sort of like you, you put a lot of trust in the people <clears throat> like that to, to sort of, you have to trust what they say to be, legitimate and live with it you know what i mean so if it was a bad decision you have to say well it was a bad decision you know live and learn and good thing about making records is you get to make another one after and you try to make it better every time right and you know so you shouldn't come right out the gate with your first one like a like a smash hit because then it ruins bands (laughs) because they can't recreate the same you know fire yeah right well i think we're in a position where i feel like our albums are getting better as we're going on so it's a nice uh yeah it seems like some bands either start out with a great album or it's like their third album is like the one that's like, oh, man, they're really getting it, you know? Yeah, I like the slow grows because it, it, the progression is, is usually like, it's like a nice little slow and then boom, you know, because you learn, yeah. you know, that's the problem with the music business these days is that with popular music, you need to put something out right away that's like a, a bonafide smash hit. And if you don't, you're gone. And that's totally. that's not fair because the business never was about used to be about developing bands and making bands more confident and, 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 and like have teams of people sort of helping you. And I don't know if that really exists anymore. Do you, is maybe it's just, is it your friends, your peers that kind of help you develop? Uh, I think it's just each other, uh, or like, like a personal goal. Like I just want to write better songs. Every record we've done so far, I feel like I'm like excited about it. And then I'm listening. I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta try to beat that. And you're like, well, how am I gonna do that? And then you end up like doing it because you're working your ass off writing as many songs as possible. And yeah, it's just it's more personal than it's like anyone else on the outside like being like, oh, like it's like no outside encouragement. I mean, there's encouragement, but like, yeah, it's more like an internal drive. You need more Germans to tell you how much that song sucked. That's what you need. Feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, good honest feedback. Yeah, shoot from the hip. Um, and, you know, progressing as a band is, you're right. By the third album, bands should really sort of have their direction and their sound and sort of their idea. Because if you put more than one record out, you kind of, you have an identity yeah. as a band at that point, right? Right. Well, I think you also have to, like, not be afraid to lose some of the audience you've gained through what you've already done. And- because like a lot of your sound would grow and change and do something different, try different things, throw different instruments. In there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think 
like some of my favorite bands, like some of their best albums, I think, are the ones that they just kind of like do something totally different. And people are like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, music's meant to be uh, kind of a <coughs> freeing type thing, you know? It's, yeah. it's whatever, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're doing, you just put it out. It should never be like what you think others are going to think about or who's going to judge what about your song or album. It's like, you know, we're, we're working on the fourth record right now. We're mm-hmm. just in constant writing. We're always in the studio working out songs together. And, and, uh, it's, I tell you right now, it's going to be completely different from bliss, you know? And it's like, because this is where we are. And it's like, this is what we're, this yeah. is what's coming out. It's not like where you're at in your life. And you know, in honesty is people, there's a very, very strong bullshit meter on people. Like if you're, if you're out to dress to impress, that doesn't fly. Good Charlotte. No, did I say that? Wait a minute. I did. I'm going to take that out. No, I'm not. Um, but I mean, people that sort of try to, to, to create something based on something they don't really believe in, you can really tell, you can really actually tell that it's not legitimate. You know, I, I have no problem with like, Music, as long as someone, if I can sort of believe what they're trying to tell me, it doesn't sure. matter what genre it is. Right. You know, or, or you can tell when someone's like really just trying to make a hit. So they're almost like, they're kind of, you can tell it's not really inspired. It's just like, okay, this could sell. Or, this could, you know, or yeah, or there's someone behind them that, that's looking for a selling point. Yeah. Uh, and cases like, I we've seen it. I mean, we've seen it. Bands I'm not going to mention, but friends that we've known and whatever that, you know, like a certain some other label or someone said, how are we going to sell this? How can you change this so we could sell it? So because it's a product, like music, blah, 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 blah. It's like, and that's bullshit. Like, I'm not trying to put out something so I can sell it or make it some kind of, you know, thing like that. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's a really important point in our band. It's like, no do what we want to do and not have it be like that. Yeah. It's almost like a, like, you know, of course it didn't work in our asses off, but it would be nice to like, be on like a, a bigger label or something or something that like to get us to more people. But at the same time, it's like, because we've been working at it for years and like, you know, if we, if we haven't had that, it's just like, because we're like, all we've been independent the entire time basically, you know, so it's like, it almost like gives us this, like more drive, so it's like we really, are like no one's eating this, whatever. Yeah, and when you sorry, when when think, go ahead. Well, while there's a struggle there, like we've had, it's like it makes your output better. It makes you, you know, yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's that thing where you you know you can't write blues in an air conditioned room. You need to have a little bit of something, a little bit of conflict in life to to reflect on and you know and i was you know my i have thoughts about like what makes a popular band and a popular song and i think you need about fifty thousand people to think the same way as you and when you have that many people who think like you they're going to buy a record because they think like you you know you're 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 putting you're putting thoughts in people's heads that they already have and that's how music has become successful and there's no like there's no equation there's no um bean counter there who can tell a bit, uh, to make people believe a certain way it all depends on where they are in their life and how that generation is coming up 
And sure. it's always, that's why they say it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. Well, of course it is. Well, you know, like we're, how are you going to wrangle people who are like-minded to, to think like you? And that's something that you don't even really want. You just want to put it out there and they're just going to gravitate to you anyways. And that's, that's yeah. popular. That's being popular. And, mm -hmm. um, and like, do you, um, I had a thought and I just lost it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, I just, I truly think that if people sort of gravitate to what you're doing, it's because you're doing something they agree with and you can't, it's like telling somebody, you got to respect what I'm doing. They're not going to do that. You know, they're just going to either do it or not. And so carrying on is definitely something, um, it's important. I mean, I know what my thought is now, but if, if something doesn't work out and you kind of figure out like a five records and like, yeah, maybe this isn't working out. You know, maybe this isn't satisfying me as an artist. And there's nothing wrong with like moving and doing other stuff because that's what that's what art's all about. It's just creating something and throwing it out there, and someone likes it. Awesome. So yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think always just moving forward. I mean, and you know, not everybody is going to like what you might do in the future, and if they liked your stuff before, but I think that's just like a natural thing for an artist is you want to just keep moving forward and pushing your stuff and. Mm -hmm. I think as long as you're genuine and real, and then uh, people people respond to it. I think it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, that's what connected me to so many musicians growing up. Right? Yeah, for sure. Let's hear another yeah. song. Uh, do you guys? I got the whole record here. What's what's the one you wanna wanna hear for the people? For the people. Let's do um, let's do teeth. We just did a video for this one, or we put it out. Teeth. Um, all the clips from the video are from our European tour. Okay, so. cool. Here comes teeth.
I, you know, I, I, I really appreciate when bands actually go and do stuff and put out records and go on tour and do it for kind of the right reasons. And uh, right. it's uh, it's important you guys actually carry that torch because it's uh, it's still it's still a business. You know, you still gotta still gotta pay the bills, and yeah. that's always the amazing thing that bands seem to do is just kind of sacrifice stuff and that's you know stuff that people do and it's it, it's almost like do you want to do it or do you have to do it and music's usually have to do it right um yeah i mean we've I mean, we've wanted this stuff our whole life man so this is it's almost like you um even though it's stuff you have to do but at the same time it's like i, I want to I, I want to have our players out there i want to you know go play and Backwards, whatever, fucking Germany. <laughs> just, I don't even know what else to do in life. <laughs> I don't know anything. Go tour. I mean, it is something we've always wanted to do, and a lot that goes into it. You know, whether or not there's gonna it's gonna put money in your pocket or not. It's like we do it because we love it, and you know, if we didn't love it, we wouldn't do any of the stuff we do. Yeah. You know, and. uh I don't see you guys doing anything else. So go for it. No matter how broke you get, no matter what happens, it's like, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's very special. And, and uh, I'm just grateful to do it. And have the opportunity, and people give us the opportunity to come play in their town or venue or, you know, the people that we've met. It's, it's all incredible. It's all such a wild ride, you know? Yeah. Are you coming to Canada? Yeah, we are. We're planning on it. I can't say why because we got in trouble last interview. <laughs> but it will be next year. It's good. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go. We're gonna try and hit, we're trying to go all over next year. Yeah. Um, celebrate the release of Bliss. Um, right. So yeah, I think um, early May we're gonna get out to Canada. Amazing. Well, you know, I got couches here, so you guys are welcome to come and uh, stay on my couch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me know when you come through. Maybe I can help you out with a show, find a show for you somewhere. Um, sure. Something that isn't Toronto, you know? So, right. Yeah, man. Well, much appreciated. Anytime, man. Well, thanks for doing the show. I appreciate you guys doing it, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Of course, yeah. And that was hunter and tristan from the band decent criminal the new records called bliss it's wherever good music is heard and sold go check out their facebook it'll be on the description in their all their other social stuff on instagram too i'm not but they are all right so anyways nice took a week off had the flu now i'm feeling better now and uh yeah so i'm gonna try keeping it you know what's coming up on five years it's going to be in about a week, a week and a bit. Actually, you know what? I think it is actually officially five years now. I think five years, I think the first episode came out early December, so we're there. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Here, five years, everybody. <laughs> it's a lot of talking. It's 251 episodes. It's uh, uh, over 250-plus hours of talking. I didn't, you know, I know it was a windbag, but I didn't realize it was that much of a windbag. So, everybody, enjoy your week. We'll see you next week for episode 252. 252. And, uh, yeah, have a good one. Bye.